great haul from the rotten slash broken section last night, honey. It was um, pastries from the rotten section and Pringles from the broken section. Like the caveman going out to provide for his family by killing a mammoth. You go out, you brave the world and go to the rotten section and bring us back your... The rotten the, section haul was just about fine. And that's it's been those tiny cupcakes. Those have those been... Ones? From those little white ones, those are like from a good company. Those are expensive. Yeah, and those are, those have been discarded a lot this year. And so, they're good. So, the frosting really tastes like butter. Good. I am not eating it. It's not a week one eighty compliant, as you know, Alice. It's pregnancy compliant. Yeah. So you, Alice, is into baked goods now because everything else makes her vomit all over the house. So um, <laughs> it's people's favorite when we talk about throwing up on a food. So this morning. is um. So I got some pastries and banana bread oh, from the rotten section, and then the broken section. Once again, which usually has like uh, it's it's dented stuff. It's some t- stuff that the pallet right. truck uh, that broke up and uh, like, and broke and yeah. shattered and etc. Um, and and you rarely find Pringles there because Pringles. Uh, well, I guess that's the that's the advantage Pringles over other things. Whereas other a a bag of Munchos, for instance, if you were to drop it or something was to smush it a little bit. You would get some lossage in there, although it is filled with air. Yeah. But Pringles come in a tennis ball uh, tube, which makes it, which actually is good for us because it, you, it, you can be, you can see that it's dented and then they have to mark it down. Right. Um, but at the same time, I never see them dented and I never see them in the rotten section. I just ha- so happen to see somebody head towards the dented section and the broken section and, and grab one. There was five there and she grabbed one. What a fool. Yeah, you got to load up on that when you yes. see those in the rotten section. You got to grab them all. And I grabbed the rest. Obviously, I was not going to let that happen. And it was marked down to one sixty nine or whatever it was. They wrote in the in the marker on it. I was just a, just a win. It was various uh, flavors mm-hmm. of Pringles. Yeah, cheddar uh, and sour cream is a winner. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't think Pringles need to be improved upon. The original flavor, I don't think, needs to be improved upon. My daughter did take um, sour cream and cheddar. I think. Mm-hmm. To her softball game, and, and, and like, and this is what beginners' mistake. She brings them to the softball game, hands a few out, then she's in the outfield, and the remaining people in the dugout Eat just them all. whacked them out. Of course they did. Got to You got to bring those out to first base with you, Sally. Come on, <laughs> come on. Munching Pringles at first base. Yes. Um, and then we got a few more cans of, of various things here, but. Oh, yeah. Oh, that reminds but me. The point was, is I told you, I'm actually not a fan of the Pringle can. What? I don't understand this. It's because... one of the pleasures of life is the sound of the can being tapped. And... Sure, it's great for the first seven Pringles, and then you have to reach down inside the can, and the can gets all on your hand, and it's gross. You have to pour out the Pringles into a bowl it, so that well, you don't should, get stuff all on be, the sides of your hand. There should never be a time when you're pouring anything. You should be able to tap the can just so. This is some of... That seems labor-intensive to me, I have to be honest. You hear it? This is Alice yesterday yeah. after the Burn Barrel podcast. Shaking the broken bits of Pringles out of the bottom of the can directly into my mouth. <laughs> I love the sound. The sound of the can. There it is. Pringle sliding. Oh, that was nice. That's the, that's the final take the whole barrel in your mouth and take the rest <laughs> of the Pringle de- debris. I didn't know you were recording me, for the record. I love that's I the love the Pringles can. I love this part of it. I can almost taste it. The problem with Pringles, the can is not conducive 
wrong. Wrong. No, after, after, the the first few, after the first few inches, it's really annoying to get the we'll Pringles out. The, in the podcast there you go. You heard the Pringles slide to the front of the barrel. That's us doing show prep. That's the real deal. Um, but yeah, that I am not a fan of having to reach inside that skinny can because then you get all the grease and stuff. Why are you reaching on... inside? After the first few <sighs> seconds, you just nudge them forward. No, it's annoying. Tap the back of the can. I just it, want to be a... able to like reach, put into my mouth. Reach, Pringles is doing all of the work. Do you realize the R&D like... that went behind those cans? They're mm. asking you to have a little bit of motor no. skills um, acumen no. to do your part. No, too much work. I don't like food to be work. I don't like food to be work. This is also why I don't like my meat to be on the bone. And this is also why I don't like to buy candy in a bag that has wrappers on it, like Starburst. I would much prefer like a Skittle to a Starburst, even though I really like Starburst because it's so labor intensive unwrapping each little Starburst. It's annoying to me. I just want to be able to reach in and put things in my mouth. Right? Like what is all this gatekeeping of stuff making it harder for me to eat? I don't like that. It's the the Pringles tube is literally a gun turret full of Pringles. <laughs> All you have to do is oh, fire it wide. into your mouth. Seriously. No. I, no. I just, like, because a normal chip bag is wide enough that you can reach in without touching the sides of the bag with your hand. That's the problem. But it's that. requiring you to reach in, and you don't know what you're going to get. Well, you and can then gently you, tap out a bag. And when chip. you're at the bottom of the bag with a chip bag, and you're down to the delicious, precious shrapnel... Then you're shaking the bag and contorting the bag, and plus you look like well, you're you're you're, you're, out of, it, you're eating out of a trough at that point. Well, then I usually dump it into something. So, like if I have corn chips that I'm eating with salsa, I'll pour them into the salsa, the last little crumbles, and eat it okay, out of that. Okay, but if you want to, if you're going to introduce a world of other ingredients in other vessels, then you've broadened the conversation. We're- well, sure, but that's like I consider that in the same category as like. You know, using milk to get the last of the chocolate syrup out of the bottle, mm-hmm. right? Because this is a, you know, when you have dust in the bottom of the bag and crumbs, you wouldn't necessarily be able to easily eat that on its own. So you need to bring in something else to help make sure that you don't miss anything from the bottom of the bag. I am. I love the Pringles can. I'm. I'm surprised other. Well, I guess other I chip usually companies do don't do it because Pringles can only do it because it's because it's not a chip. Yeah, not the shape. Chip. Right, because it's a mold that's cut. The the Pringle. Mm-hmm. But other other companies can't do that. I guess. Uh, is there any other chip that does it? No, there isn't. There can't be. Well, there's other things that are like reconstituted. So, the, so that's an interesting because a Pringle is a crisp, technically not a chip, right? Because it's not. Like, I don't think they can call themselves a chip because they're, like, if you... Well, it's not roasted potato. It's... Right. It's not roasted slices of potato. It's a meal. Uh, It's this mushy Yeah, potato crisps, it says on the can. Right. Because, yeah, because you can't call it a chip because it's not a sliced potato, a slice of a potato. So I want to pose something else to you here. It's like how there's, like, flavored juice drinks. Regarding the Pringle, Mm -hmm. let me ask you something else. Yes. And it really, it has to do with uh, capitalism and democracy versus um, versus uh, socialism or communism. Mm-hmm. What's the most democrat? What's more democratic, a can of Pringles or a bag of potato chips? What's more democratic? Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I don't know. So, for instance, I feel this. If you get, let's let's use um, a Cape Cod potato chips. Do you like those? Yes. Okay. The Cape Cod potato chips, there are winners and losers in that bag. Mm. With Pringles. I like a nice, hard, crunchy chip. Okay, but there, there are winners and losers in the bag. There are chips that are better than others. Some are more crunchy. Some are, are folded over triple times and more mm-hmm. greasy and more beautiful, have the precious on them, so it's more salty. In uh, Pringles, they're all good, but they're all identical. True. So that's communism. Right. But it's working, that communism. <laughs> yeah. There's, There's not a bad Pringle. There's total equity in a Pringle can. That's there is. It's, it is. Right. That's a good point. I had not thought of that that way. Well, I mean, so what's, what's more just moral and good? Uh, I tend to be a freedom and democracy person. Give me a Cape Cod chip. Give me the highs and the lows of experiencing with the good chips and the bad chips as they I'm came sorry. from the potato. I'm going full, I'm going full uh, socialist. I want... It, the, you want to know exactly what experience you're getting out of each crisp from the can. Yes. I don't want to succeed or fail on my own in my own adventure in a Cape Cod potato chips. I want my overlords to provide the mechanism and the content and, and the product, the means of production and the property. Mm-hmm. I want my overlords to provide in the Pringles, in the, in the convenient state-owned, though limiting, mm-hmm. um, paraphernalia that is the Pringles tube. They've decided you don't need any better than a Pringle. Correct. And I get so many in my uh, impenetrable cube. My okay. cube. My Good. tube. Good. Speaking of communists, Alice, did yeah. you realize that the uh, war in Ukraine is responsible for one of the reasons why food prices are high? Food prices are high and are not getting lower. They're getting higher. Even though you're hearing inflation is down. Right. Inflation's down, but... Food actually is one of the few areas where it's not down that much. And not only that, but um, I mean, inflation being down means the price is just going up more slowly. It doesn't mean the price is coming down. Several things, the prices have come down. Eggs have come down after spiking up. But what's more crazy is that like there was a huge spike in egg prices that helped drive food inflation. And that's back down. But food inflation is still like 5%. Yes. And yeah, I can see it because, you know, I, I had callers, of course, uh, who are waiting to pounce on me and say, look, how do you like the new inflation numbers? And the new inflation numbers are down. But once again, core inflation is still being felt. Right. That's the so, com- commodity stuff. Food prices. This is from the USDA. Department of Agriculture. Mm-hmm. Food prices are expected to grow more slowly in 2023 than in 2022, but still at above historical average rates. In 2023, all food prices are predicted to increase 6%. Right. With a prediction interval of 50 to 7.1%. Food at home prices are predicted to increase 5.9%. With a predicted interval of 45 to 7.4%. Food away from home prices are predicted to increase. This is eating out something that the right. shaddocks have been bitten by this year the, in mm-hmm. realizing how quickly I can get expensive. Eating out predicted to, to increase 7.7%. Yeah, that's crazy. Yes, I'm not getting a 7.7% raise. Oh, no. Right. No. This is uh, no bueno. 
the last three years have been a stark reminder of the correlation between energy and food prices one year into the Ukraine war and on the tail end of the COVID pandemic. The data suggests that global trade disruptions have threatened global food security by increasing, comp- by increasing competition for critical mineral fertilizers. Hmm. One of the most important overlooked drivers for global food security is the link between energy markets and fertilizer production. The global food system witnessed a steep rise in prices over the course of the COVID-19 pandemic, while energy markets faced an economic tightening in 2021. But this situation escalated drastically. It's the Kleinman Center for Energy Policy. But this situation escalated drastically into a global energy crisis as a result of Russia's invasion of Ukraine in February 2022, uh, exposing millions of people to a potential food security crisis. The agriculture industry uses direct and indirect energy for various purposes. Electricity and fuel are consumed directly for water irrigation, manufacturing, processing, and packaging, while use of mineral fertilizers to loose, to boost crop yields account for the sector's indirect energy consumption. Natural gas is the key raw material used in the production of nitrogen fertilizers, such as mm-hmm. urea and ammonia, accounting for 75 to 90% of manufacturing costs. Therefore, higher energy prices nearly always translate to a higher cost of fertilizer and ultimately contribute to higher food prices. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought what I thought was interesting, too, was when I looked at the breakdown of like which were the items that really went up in price in June, too, um, because food was obviously a big piece of the inflation puzzle uh, this time where food went up 5.7% year over year in June. But like, listen to some of the items that were in that frozen vegetables were up more than 17% in price over the previous year. That's a big one. And that's a big, like cheap family staple. Like we eat uh, a lot of frozen peas in this house. (laughs) I can tell you that we go through a lot of them. Some for medical reasons, but most not. Mostly people in our house just recreationally eat frozen peas. Yes, which was a huge cost saver. Oh, yeah. Because there are... Kids that snack on frozen peas are not expensive kids. And for some reason with frozen peas, there are brand uh, name brands, then there are store brands, there are generic brands, then there are really generic (laughs) brands. So you can really save on peas. Right. Or you could, but you before this. Yeah. Uh, candy and chewing gum up 13%. Pet food up 12%. And that's another one. The pet food is not one you can just, like, not buy. Right. Although we got to quit the subscription we have for this expensive one. It's not expensive. I don't. <laughs> we don't you. buy expensive pet food. It's true. It's a big, heavy yellow bag of. It's much, 40 much more expensive. I know that you don't believe in this because you only see the number that the price is and you don't understand unit costs. But you buy a tiny bag that lasts three quarters of the mm. day. It's and the then we're surviving day to day, <laughs> not your macro look that by, you know, the end of Q4, we will have saved. Yeah, yeah it's the, true. The, the, I'm getting calls now from people wanting money. Uh, bread is up 11.5%. Sugar is up 11.1%. Uh, carbonated drinks up 9.1%. So realistically, like you're on a lot of basic items, you're getting whacked with like much bigger than basic even now now somehow alice and i assume this has to do Mm -hmm. with the with the packaging even spring water is remember that you you could go to market basket and now and get like 25 for like 250 spring waters Mm -hmm. it was ridiculous the big thing next to 
it's uh, over four bucks now. Right. Like spring water. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. And we should get some to bring uh, to Vermont next time we go because they're having um, trouble with bottled waters because a lot of people can't drink their water right now. Oh, of course. Of so course. that's a big one too in like emergencies. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. So that's a big like price. I mean, it's price gouging. I don't really believe in price gouging. But like, but but, but once but, again, yeah. things are just unstable. I just got mm -hmm. back from the dollar store where Fritz. Thank you. Yes, I got awesome cleaner. Nice. It's in. It's downstairs. Um, I looked for cayenne pepper. That's why I went because I wanted to get ten cayenne peppers to to dump out on our patio because the chipmunks are destroying the our patio. Um, and they're all out of cayenne pepper. But I got a couple of other things regardless, and the dollar store is a dollar twenty-five. Everything's a dollar twenty-five now. Right, the dollar store is not no longer a dollar store. No, because um, the dollar is no longer a dollar. Right, dollar exactly. is less than a dollar. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, but that's the reality that we're facing. Anytime we eat, you certainly see it when you're eating out. Which you raised a good question, which are like, what are the cheap foods that you get that mm. like make you feel like you spent more? Yeah, I think there are some foods that had you not heard of them before and let's say you'd gone to a restaurant and they have them that that you would pay a lot more for mm -hmm. still. So a good American Nathan's hot dog is a very inexpensive proposition, but it's absolutely delicious and, right. and sizable, it's, you know, the long thin ones. Mm -hmm. And so we're used to in America here, hot dogs are just cheap, throwaway food, barbecue food. It's freaking delicious. Yeah. It's got a hell of a lot of protein and it's wonderful. I understand some have more nitrates. Yeah, chemicals and nitrates and plutonium or whatever, and then others, whatever. But that's a win win. A mm -hmm. hot dog is a damn good piece of nutrition. And there are other things in a hot dog family. I haven't bought this in a while, but this is all essentially in the same aisle. Like, um,. Uh, deviled ham. Do you like a deviled ham? Do you know it? I don't know deviled ham. Either. It's in the spam aisle. It's with that stuff. Mm. All the stuff that's got like 18,000 grams of sodium per teaspoon. Yeah. It's actually, I'll put spam in there. Spam, another winner that's dirt cheap can be used that it, if somebody served it to you on a plate with tiny servings, you would say, oh, they only give you a little because it's really quality. It's a delicacy. Mm. Um, um, just immediately those things uh, jump out at me. Some other stuff is now actually just really expensive, so I can't say it anymore, but smoked oysters used to be something that I thought, this is, I'm playing with the house's money. Um, but I'll also say, how about this? How about uh, tuna fish? Same tuna's amount. great, yeah. Yeah, it, it, tuna fish is delicious and relatively expensive, inexpensive, though getting more expensive. Considering tuna fish, they've got to have a boat go out and catch the fish and and then yeah, but clean one tuna fish. fish makes a lot of little cans of tuna because they're really big, right? Yeah, but there's a lot of tuna distributed throughout the world. I know. Um, I would have said it for a crab meat. But one that... thing that surprised me about tuna while pregnant too, because you're supposed to limit how much tuna you have while pregnant because mm -hmm. of the mercury levels, is. You would think that maybe like the higher quality tuna is better if you're pregnant, but it's actually the opposite. You want the um, light tuna, not the 
like high quality or especially not like the sushi grade stuff hmm. because that's higher fat and that's where the fish stores the mercury so if you're worried about mercury content then you actually want to stay away from the high quality tuna hmm. because it's that's like it's what tastes good is all the fat in the fish and what you want in like a sushi tuna but that's also where like mercury gets stored in the system so and it's actually like the mercury levels in tuna i looked it up because i'm skeptical of everything they tell you not to eat when you're pregnant you know like i don't quite buy into all that like i don't not eat soft cheeses or mm -hmm. whatever like i don't cook all my deli meats right like i or hot dogs you're not supposed to really have hot dogs while you're pregnant oh really yeah but you know, so I've, I've looked into a lot of them and a lot of it, I think, is like bunk. But like, there actually is a fairly high quantity of mercury in tuna fish because I would eat tuna like every day while pregnant if I could because I love it. But yeah, it's actually that's Can actually we... and heavy metals are actually one of the things that like that. Yeah, it's not great for you. Can we um, posit something here? Yes. Is it possible that the tuna sandwich... Mm -hmm. is the highest rated sandwich in the categories of both hot and cold. Mm, like a melt and a, yes. just a plain tuna sub? <sighs> I mean, Italian subs can be hot or cold, though, so that's a tough one. I, I mean, they can be toasted. It's not You're not dealing with melted cheese, really, in an Italian sub. You've got a toasted bun, really. That one you like from what's the... Andrea's is that the one you like in Stoneham? Their Italian sub is a hot sub. I, I don't. I, I, we're talking sandwiches first of all. Okay. So let's subs or sandwiches. Yeah, I understand, but it's okay. Italian, it, it's not the same. It's okay. not. It's okay. not the same. This is not. You don't have a, a pizza oven at your house. Okay. So what's better? It's, I I'm, mean, a ham and cheese does well hot and cold. Yeah, but a ham and cheese cold is not as good as a tuna salad Tuna salad cold. I suppose, yeah. A ham and cheese cold is fine. Mm -hmm. Refreshing sometimes. Is tuna also like the only mayo-y salad that people eat hot? It Maybe it is because, you know what? Because I wouldn't it, eat a hot egg salad sandwich. <laughs> That's for sure. I although, don't know it would probably be delicious. Probably, but I'm scared. Yeah. No, <laughs> you should be scared to eat slathered, you know, whipped egg with fish once the mayo's clear i'm afraid yeah i don't like that <laughs> um i'm gonna say that i think it is i think that the tuna wow. i think tuna is the best um two two tool hitter in the in the game i think i think yeah, I think I think that's yeah, true. Yeah, we'll let um because they, callers I mean, tell us if they have any other ideas too. You can go by the way to burnbarrelpodcast.com and there's a red button there if you want to record a voicemail for the show, you can do that there. Just uh label it when it asks you um to put in the headline name of your voicemail. Just put all you can eat in there and we can do that. Uh one more thing before we get cuz we do have a couple of messages here to listen to. Um, is also adding to the food costs, especially eating out, is places adding fees. So you had sent this article from CBS about restaurants adding fees for things, including uh, a 4% fee added to one LA restaurant to help fund worker health insurance and other things, um, you know, restaurants putting fees onto bills 
for additional things. Charge you for extra water, charge you for extra bread, charge you for this, charge you for that. The and extra water the, is a low one. That yeah. is low. And some um, some of the fees aren't even the restaurant. So recently, this has been a big issue in the restaurant industry because lots of smaller places use a platform called Toast for online ordering. Kind of, you know, something like Square where it makes it easy for small businesses to do without buying into a huge expensive industrial point of service system. Like it just makes it easy to charge people. So It does all the work in other words. Right. All the compiling, ordering, et cetera. It's the same way that, that SpeakPipe is our chat chat. It does all the work for us. It fits in our website, but it's right. an and, outside thing. And to be clear, like anytime you have any payment provider, like there's fees getting charged that usually like the restaurant eats because that's just how it goes with things like that, right? right? Including so, ca- a credit card um, purchase. Right. So they're like making... Um, you know, they're making money on each transaction plus, you know, fees, et cetera. So, you know, they're like the small business, they're paying a processing, they're paying like, what does it say? This one post from a small business says, we pay toast hundreds of dollars a month for the services plus the percent fee on every credit card sale amounting to thousands of dollars each month. Now toast is in addition to that, charging 99 cents to the consumer that's consumer facing to you so like not on the back end to the restaurant okay they're putting on the transaction an extra 99 cents that's for you that the restaurant line item described as processing fee so and the restaurant can't do anything about it they're just adding it right to every transaction and it's every transaction i believe over ten dollars but that could be a lot of if you're a small if you're like a cafe or something that could be a lot of your transactions and it could amount to like a huge extra fee i mean that's like a 10 percent fee if it's a ten dollar transaction if you get your coffee and a muffin and it's 10 bucks at your little local cafe well but right? also like, also that's a big fee yeah but but also mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a Weasley word. Processing is a Weasley word. No, mostly it, it's we just want an extra buck from you. Right, exactly. <laughs> and it, so it makes it feel like the transaction is not totally in good faith. And you, you have to have a good rapport with these restaurants. And people are assuming that it's a restaurant sticking it to them. Right, because you assume that it's a restaurant doing it. And like, and so a bunch of restaurants have now been posting because this started this month. They're saying, like, we can't do anything about this. This money isn't going to us. Like we're not now the company Toast claims they're using it to like help restaurants or something. Right. But yeah, like I I mean I wouldn't be surprised if if people start um you know it switching to other providers trying to find somebody else to do this because but, but isn't this have so to do annoying. what we talked about in the first mm-hmm. part of the show? I mean, isn't Toast having to find other ways to monetize because they're paying higher costs for stuff too? Isn't this the, the, the poison that is inflation? Mm-hmm. They're saying that it's going to fund innovations for restaurants to maintain relationships with their guests. Yeah. Um, what nice people. Yeah. And uh, they said that they don't think it's hurt conversion rates. They think it's fine. Well, yeah, but... Right. Yeah, well, that's what they're going to say. What, so what was the restaurant? Yeah, because the... they're not standing in front of the person making the transaction. Right. All of the anger is directed at the person making 15 bucks an hour standing in front of the customer, not to the tech company that's doing it. 
What is the um? Uh, what is the restaurant that got hurt? That that uh, a relative sent over? Was the it one, one Waltham or something? The one that a relative sent to us was Tessie's Bar and Kitchen. Was it Waltham? You decided. I don't think so. That person doesn't live in this state. That relative. Yeah, but it was from Mike's. Mike, I think. Walpole Bar and Kitchen. Walpole Mouse. That's that's. It. Oh, it is in Waltham too. Yeah. Waltham too. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so they had posted about it, and, you know, it's uh, a little tough on the restaurant because, yeah, like you say, like, the consumer doesn't know anything about toast, right? You don't, as the person walking into the coffee shop, you don't know what no, toast you just, is. No, you just You're feel like the- that they're nickel and diming you, which is not right. a great thing. Should we get to the messages? Yes, let's get to our messages that people left us. I wanted to... Um, give a quick note about the um, All You Can Eat podcast. Um, my mother owns a gel, owned a Jello mold. Oh yes, nice. We actually still use it today, but we bake like a ring cake in it. We don't use it for Jello. Mm-hmm. And back then, I think the reason why they were pushing Jello as a savory sort of thing um, is because of urban sprawl. It just, you know. When I was really little, the only shopping store um, we had around here was an IGA with the green yeah. stamps. I remember. Mm-hmm. And then they built a Purity Supreme yeah. when I was a kid. And oh, then we started store. going there, which was a huge supermarket oh, yeah. to me. You know, I was so young. Like I said, that was the place that first started, had the orange um, juicer in mm. the produce. It was magic. But I think those recipes were designed to actually keep food for a longer amount of time because mm. there weren't many strip malls and supermarkets everywhere. Mm. Um, and I, I honestly got lost in the IGA and that the footprint of that store was no bigger than like the house I grew up in, but I still, <laughs> yeah, it was little, but I think that's one of the reasons why they had that big push by jello to, create all the savory foods none of us eat them but we still have the jello mold oh yeah mm-hmm. it's probably worth money yeah mint green was the one that we had might be might be in vermont actually where there's still mm-hmm. supermarkets oh uh, the remnants of two supermarkets are as big as they used to be just yeah. like a like a footlocker now all right let me get to the other one here hold on hold on hold on steve from gloucester Hey guys, I'm not sure if this is more for the food podcast, but I found a time-saving and also life hack when it comes to brewing coffee. So I have a little four-cup coffee pot at home, and when I start brewing, I place a little coffee cream into the bottom of the pot. Mm. So then when the coffee starts brewing, it mixes in with the coffee cream, and when it's done, pour it into the coffee cup, cup, and everything is already mixed in, and it Mm. tastes even more better than the old school fashion of pouring the cream mm. on top of the black coffee and stirring it in. It saves time. The coffee tastes better. And it just seems like it's the way to go. So, again, I'm not sure if you guys have ever done that. But placing the coffee cream or milk or whatever into the coffee pot before the brewing, it just makes the coffee taste so much better. Thanks. That's interesting. I do put my coffee creamer or sweetener into the bottom of my cup before i pour the coffee in because i feel like it mixes better 
I agree with that. So my my Steve, I I think it, I think it that would be suitable for some people and others not. In our house, we are a rolling cluster bleep, and by the seat of our pants, getting through each day. Um, and so that to me, that would create a concern in cleaning. So right now, the the cleaning process for the coffee carafe for us is minimal. It's minimal. It's running over to the sink, hitting it with a little hot water, swishing around your paw in there maybe, then going right back to the fridge for the filtered water um, and filling it right back up and going right back in. Um, but but I but I respect it. I think for some people that could work. But we're not, we can't, we don't have, we need two other people in this house. There's too many kids and too much house, really, and too much mm-hmm. stuff. Um, so we can't, we got to make sure, we can't have... The just cleaning. I would be worried about cream with cleaning. Right now, that coffee maker has only dealt with coffee grounds that are in there. I'm sure there's all sorts of fungus in there, but in water and coffee, and I it can't add cream to that mix. So that would be that would be a tough one um, for me. By the way, I have another thing I just want to add is mm-hmm. I have discovered now since I've been we do doing a, um, the awaken thing, I'm still eating salads that are. With um, lemon juice and um, and um, salt, uh, mm-hmm. Himalayan salt, and like olive or avocado oil. Oh, avocado oil as well. I have discovered, Alice, mm-hmm. that I've been buying the lemons that like a twelve at a time, or the bag of like twenty, whatever mm-hmm. how many there are, that they last three times as long if they're just refrigerated all the time. Hmm. They stop like rotting and getting soft. I had them just hanging out, hanging in the pantry. Because they come mm-hmm. in a net thing, but uh, no, do that absolutely. Get your um, refrigerate stuff. I'm refrigerating everything now. You're a refrigeration family now. We're a refrigeration family. Uh, all cucumbers, uh, not avocados still, but I'm sure that would. Tomatoes la- also get gross in the fridge. They lose their flavor. In the fridge, is that true? Yeah, I had no idea. I had no idea that was even a remote. They thing. get that weird, like muddy, flat taste to the tomato. I don't like refrigerated tomatoes. Noted. <laughs> well, I hate nostalgia Cause I can't climb up that hill Without thinking your name I hate nostalgia I still think about you It's been so long I'm so lame I hate nostalgia Hope you hate it too Hope you wonder What am I doing And who I'm pursuing I hope you think I lead Really exotic life the way I think about you You probably have a wife of your job And you go to church on Sundays And barbecue on weekends out in your backyard And sometimes think about me 